TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back. You're home to the Minnesota Twins News Talk 830 WCCO. The Twins and the Indians game for today. Derek Falvey, president head of baseball operations for the Minnesota Twins, joins us right now. And, of course, he's a product of the Cleveland Indians. Derek, thank you for joining us. Happy to be on, Mike. Now, tell tell me about, you know, as you watch these teams, particularly as it intensifies, I'm always curious about the culture of teams, et cetera. And, and you know, we, we didn't think uh, uh, that Cleveland was uh, was going to make the kind of run that they've made. Tell me about uh, Tino, t- Tito. Tell me about the culture. Tell me about what they're doing there on a regular basis, because I know you took a lot of that with you here. Well, I, I think what they do is, is they really approach every night the same way. There, there's a consistency to it. I, I've seen Tito operate as a manager and it's really it's something to really watch whether they're down 10 games or lost a game 10 nothing or or up 10 games and won a game 10 nothing and the approach the next day in the clubhouse is the same and I I know sometimes there's a view when you're struggling you've got to change things up and you've got to kind of fire up the group but I think in this day and age with these clubs and, and there's so much intensity to all the games you've got to find a way to stay stable through a season and I think Tito does that uh, exceptionally well and I, I've noticed that too with, with what Rocco has really learned from him he even going back a number of years. What about a cruise? You're talking about going to New York and working in his hand. What's the situation there? Well, Nelly, certainly when he came out of the game the other night, I think we were all quite nervous about the situation. You should see a swing like that and the pain he was in, in initially. It was significant. Now, Fortunately, as, as difficult as it may sound with a ruptured tendon, you know, your, your first fear is that he needs uh, some type of surgical care. I think in, in the early stages here from what we've gathered, um, he's starting to feel quite a bit better. And there have been a number of other players, Justin Morneau being one that had something like this happen during the course of his career and went on to, to manage that quite successfully moving forward. So we'll get him to New York. There's a, a specialist there that we think uh, very highly of in terms of his uh, evaluations of, of, of wrists and hands. So once he gets a look at him on Monday, we're hopeful that if everything checks out the way we're expecting, uh, that he's progressing into hitting and could join us again here soon. So we know he's the heartbeat of our team. We know he's a big part of this club, You know, not just offensively. Certainly he is there, but what he is is a leader, and we want him back. Okay. That was a great uh, 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 new pitcher you got. Good to have him last night in relief. Yeah, with you. Sir- who are you talking about, Dobnik or which one? Romo. Oh, Romo, yeah, he pitched uh, pretty well again last night. Yeah, Sergio was great last night. You know, he's a guy, I think everyone who's gotten a chance to be around him and know him, he loves the game and loves being around, around it as much as anybody for as long as he's been. He competes like crazy, gets out there on the mound, and, and he does, it doesn't matter who's in the box. I think he wants to pitch. He wants the ball every day. So he had a few days down, and I think he was itching to get back on the mound. And we, we finished that game with both Sergio and Taylor, who have been great, and we're hopeful here in Sam Dyson. Uh, he continues to progress nicely, that we're hopeful that uh, his throwing program and otherwise will allow him to return to us sometime this week as well. How about Big Mike Pineda? How's he looking? Big Mike's good. You know, he as we said when he went on the IL, that he had a uh, just that, that strain of that triceps area, and we wanted to get ahead of it and not make it 
something that would create problems going forward. So uh, he's feeling good. He's starting to progress through his, his pitching, and uh, we're hopeful that we're getting him back on the mound here just, to, just as soon as, as well. How about Kepler? You're lucky you signed him. No doubt we're glad we've got him uh, a part of this franchise for a long time now. And Max, we knew Max had the ability to get better, uh, and, and he had every year. And I think this year is maybe the, the coming out party of sorts. You know, we got a chance to uh, come to that agreement in spring training. We're really happy he's here. I think that in many ways put his mind at ease and, and was something that he knows where he is. Now he can just focus on baseball, doesn't have to worry about any of those other pieces of it. And I've seen that before with some young players that go and, and sign those uh, contracts. They, they kind of just go play baseball. And I think Max has continued to get better. His work ethic is unmatched. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, – obviously what he's done this year, but I think there's still growth left in him. Byron Buxton latest. Yeah. Byron is, is progressing uh, after that shoulder subluxation down in, in Miami. And when you have that happen, there's usually some inflammation and some soreness in the shoulder. That's, that's pretty common. Uh, we need to start doing some work to strengthen uh, the rotator cuff area and, and the labrum to make sure everything's in a good place. But each and every day that he does a progression in, in our in our training room with our doctors and our athletic fo- athletic training folks and strength coaches, they keep saying he's getting stronger and stronger and not feeling much pain. So I think that that's a good sign as to his progression. And we're getting close to the middle of the month, which was the time when we kind of targeted uh, baseball activities, getting out of the training room and out of the weight room to do a little bit more uh, swinging and otherwise. And I think we'll have a good idea as to where he sits maybe in the next uh, four to five days. How about that little second baseman you got? He's amazing the way, <laughs> the way he's hitting. Otherwise known as Luis Arise. Yeah, he he's he's special. I mean, he he's a you know he's a great kid first and foremost. This kid works every every year I've, I've been here, and I, I saw him when he was first down in a ball. And you know he's a kid who he's infectious. You know with the way he goes about playing the game, his teammates love it. He's a competitor. You never see guys in the box there shaking their head after a ball that's just outside. I think he competes every single pitch, and I think that that's something that uh, you know some players I think can really learn from. It's every pitch. He never gives up in a bat. He's battling through, and in, he, the bigger the moment, the, the more he wants to be there. But he's such a good kid, and he's such a hard worker. Uh, I, I'm excited about his future, but he's really helped us here in the present. Well, talk about this next road trip. Be pretty tough. Got to play Milwaukee, and they're a tough basketball team. No doubt. Milwaukee's played really well. Obviously, the National League Central champs last year played us tough here when we split earlier this year. You know, he, they're, they're a good team. They're fighting for their division lead, uh, just like we are and, and a number of other clubs are. And then we go down to Texas, which is never an easy place to play. So I think that playing Cleveland right now, certainly the games we played prior to that, some tough teams behind that. And we're, no games are easy in the major leagues, but it'll be a good trip and a good test for us. I'm, I'm happy we get the off day tomorrow to maybe reset a few guys and, and get some, uh, get a little bit of rest and then hopefully, uh, hopefully go on to Milwaukee, Texas and then, uh, come back playing good baseball. Your bullpen, though, the way it got used this, this weekend, it got fortified again, didn't it? Because, because, uh, even in losses, you pushed through it a little bit and you got a lot of healthy arms right now. Yeah, we, we feel good about the group, I, and I think even better as we go forward. You mentioned that the other day with uh, with going a little bit short in a start and having Randy Dobnak come in, which is a, in and of itself a great story. This kid's worked really hard. Yeah, we're going to have him on in a little bit, but just give the background on him, Derek, so people understand uh, how it is that he got to the big leagues. 
Yeah, Randy's a, Randy's a, one of those stories. He's, he's not a first-round pick. He's not an early draft pick. He was an undrafted player that went and played an independent ball. And you know, when you go do that, sometimes it, it's a grind to try and get yourself back into affiliated baseball. But Billy Milos, one of our great pro scouts, had seen him. We knew the makeup of the kid and the work ethic. We signed him, brought him in, and we put a plan right in front of him. Our pitching coaches in the minor leagues, some of our uh, analysts and otherwise kind of said some things about his, his mix and maybe how he could help develop his pitches. And he took to it right away. He was like a sponge, and he got better. And every every day he pitched, you could see things getting better and better. That was last year. And then eventually comes in this year, he's in an even better spot. You hear coaches talking about how hard he's working to, to adjust, and he became a, a sinker slider guy who got all the way up to AAA and was pitching really well for us, and we needed him. He came in and had that Major League debut the other night, and it was a pretty special moment for him and his family. I was really proud of him. Cleveland's going to get that pitcher back. Corey Kluber, who broke his arm, is he? You actually coming back? That that'll that'll hurt you. I was in their clubhouse yesterday. I did see his jersey hanging there, so he's working towards it. it looks like Derek. Yeah, they, from what I've heard, uh, Corey Kluber, you know, I know him well. He's an incredible worker, obviously successful on the mound, has been his whole career. Sounds like he's on rehab assignment and, and working through some outings uh, based on what they've said publicly. Their timeline is end of August, but yeah, that'll continue to make it tougher. I mean, good. there are good players on that Cleveland team. I think early on in the season, they didn't play quite up to their expectations. Uh, they put the, the foot on the gas pedal there and, and really made up some ground. So it'll be a, it'll be a battle to finish, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about taking that on. Do you base your September call-ups on guys that earned it or on needs up here? Well, I, I think in some years, certainly, you look at September and you think, okay, we've, we've got to get some guys' experience and some exposure maybe when you're in a different position. When we look at where we are now, anyone who's coming up is here to help us, you know, help, here to help us win every game we can. And so yeah, we'll certainly fill needs just because you want to have additional uh, backups in, in certain spaces. But anyone who we call up uh, come this September, we're going to have an expectation that that person, some way, shape, or form, is going to help us uh, help us charge through September and hopefully – get ourselves a, a division at the end. Derek Favia, always a pleasure to have you on the air. And for being on the air, we'll get you a certificate to merge the best uh, best uh, place in town. Derek, and, appreciate it very much. Thanks so much and, for your time. And, uh, and there's Dave St. Peter tells me there's a lot of tickets left for today's game. So yep. if you want to go to the game, Go to the game. Yeah, it's fun, fun out there right now. Derek, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a great day. You bet. Derek Falvey, Minnesota Twins. Uh, we'll always take your phone calls, 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. P.J. Fleck, do on with us at 1030. But if you've got some calls or thoughts about what you've seen in this Twin Series, about what you saw from the Minnesota Vikings on uh, Friday night in their inaugural game or much more, uh, give us a call. 651-989-9226. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Mike, Max, Sid Hartman. Put your headsets on, Sid. Take a couple of phone calls along the way. Let's go to Ray in Coon Rapids. Ray, you're on line one, patiently waiting. Hey, no problem. Thanks, Mike. It's nice to listen to you. I listen to you every morning of the week now that I'm retired. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have just two questions. Number one is, why is Kyle Gibson still on this team? And number two, why hasn't he been sent down? No, and why, uh, when the managers come on, or Thad Levine, or Falvey, or that, 
we don't take calls from listeners and we don't get any feedback, but they'll put 32 bars and restaurants in the stadium to get their money. I, that's all I want to know. And uh, it's been puzzling me for quite some time. I'll hang up and listen. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Thanks, Ray. Sometimes we get those guests on and we only got them for five or six minutes. So we rifle through them. Uh, if we have them in long form, we could take calls as well. Maybe we could incorporate some of that in going forward. Sometimes it's kind of hard based on their schedule. That's not an excuse. Uh, just the way we format the show. and We try to leave it open phone lines. Kyle Gibson had a tough night the other night. Uh, he's your number three pitcher right now. Uh, I think that, you know, you look at the Twins rotation and he needs to be in it because that's the best that they've got. He is a free agent after this year. Sid, give me an assessment of Kyle Gibson in your mind. How do you think he's done? What do you think his future is? He's done terrible. He can't he's had ball. some good games this year, just lately he hasn't he thrown strikes. Get the ball over the plate, and uh, I, apparently he was sick. Yeah. And he, uh, he did pitch despite the fact he wasn't feeling well. But he, the last four five stars, he's been terrible. Tell me who on the twin pitching staff yesterday, what you call this? Odorizzi pitched well. Well, he actually labored, but he got through it and gave him a, you know, yeah. he, he he really kind of struggled, but he kept getting out of it. He struggled, but he got through, and Cleveland wasn't hitting him yesterday like they were early in the season. Explain Cleveland to me. How do, how do they come back like this again this year? They, they've dominated this division the last several years. They're pretty good. That's all. They made that trade, <clears throat> and that trade got them some real hitters. And uh, that Pogi, what's, what's his name? Puig. Yeah, Puig. He's been fantastic. <laughs> He's been hitting balls out of the park and doing everything. I don't... I. I'd be surprised if the Twins can win that thing. Even with the schedules getting more difficult for Cleveland and, and not as difficult for the Twins? I guess it is. Yeah. Not that much difference, though. You you just think that Cleveland's hot? Yeah. I I think Cleveland's a better team right now without Coos, without if they had Coos. Coos and Buxton. Buxton, they'd be in good shape. But if Cleveland had Kluber and Carrasco... They'd be in really good shape. I mean, everybody's got injuries, right? I suppose. Yeah. Take a break. Come back. 651-989-9226. If you want to jump in, 651-989-9226. We'll visit with Brad Hand, the closer for the Cleveland Indians from Chaska, Minnesota, next in the Sports Huddle. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Mike Max, Sid Hartman, Dave Mona off this week. We'll be back next week. Let's go to Jeff and Glenwood. Jeff, you're on. Yeah, I heard you guys, you know, talking about why, you know, why, why Cleveland, you know, finally caught the Twins or, or caught up to them. And, you know, I think there's a combination of things, you know, they're pretty hot right now. And, and but, you know, I think around mid to late June, the Twins started having uh, some nagging injuries. You know, there were three guys that went down at one time. And then there were they, they came back, and there was two more that went down, and I think that kind of hurt their offense, offensive rhythm. And I think that you know that's I think one of the key factors. And yep. and then of course the pitching you know hasn't been what it was, 
Yeah, and, and that's Jeff. To your point, that's what, that's what you, 162 games. That's what you yeah. sign up for, and everybody goes through yeah. that. The Indians as well, but the Indians have found a way, and the, and the Twins to an extent have found a way too to work through that. And the, and the Twins are so well fortified on their bench in terms of position players that they, they really are built for a long haul because they've got uh, four guys that that don't have to be in the regular lineup that are really good contributors. Part of the Indian success is Brad Hand, pitcher from the. Uh, uh, who grew up in Chaska and played there. I had a chance to visit with him yesterday at the ballpark. Obviously, you've been through these ballparks many times. What's it like when you come back to Minnesota? Um, you know, it's always fun. You know, I grew up a Twins fan, so, um, you know, obviously getting to play in this stadium, and, you know, i got a bunch of friends and family around here, so, um, you know, it's a lot of fun coming back. Your journey, I mean, you go in and obviously come out of high school with a lot of scouts and everything else. What was that like when you got drafted and taken and all the scouts that went on, you know, what went on that spring? Because it doesn't happen very often for Minnesota pitchers. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, you know, it seems like it was forever ago that I got drafted, but, um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. Um, you know, I, don't, I didn't know how high I was going to get drafted and who I was going to get drafted by. I knew the Twins like to keep the hometown guys uh, in their organization, so. I knew that was a possibility. Uh, I ended up going to the Marlins and, um, you know, was there for a few years and kind of bounced around a few other teams and happy to be here now. You assume, obviously, anytime you get drafted, like that you're going to be a starter. I'm sure everybody does. Mm-hmm. When, when did it dawn on you that, hey, man, there, there might be something here better on the back uh, back end of it? Yeah, I mean, I was always a starter in the minor leagues, never really made any re- relief appearances. Um, you know, did a little bit of both in my time in Miami. And then uh, my first year in San Diego was uh, the first year I ever spent the whole time in the bullpen. Um, you know, kind of found my role there in San Diego and, um, you know, worked myself into some late-inning roles there and, um, you know, started closing the next year. So, you know, it's been fun. Uh, you don't ever really think about what role you're you're going to fit. It's just whatever, you know, whatever happens uh, to help the team and whatever's fit for you as a player. So, um, you know, I think I kind of found my role in the bullpen, and I enjoy it down there. Was it scary the first time you closed? Because, you know, that, that's such a unique position. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous. Um, I tried to, you know, treat it like any other inning. Um, you know, before that, I'd been pitching the eighth inning, and, um, you know, that's just as big as an inning as the ninth inning sometimes. So, um, you know, just try to build it up, not build it up as, uh, you know, do more than what it is. Uh, just try to go out there and compete and, uh, you know, get the final three outs of the game. What is the key mindset of a closer? What have you learned? Uh, you got to be able to just um, shake things off easily. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you, if you give up the lead or you, you know, blow a save or whatever, um, you know, it's all on you. You're the, you're the reason you guys lost the game. So the way you handle that and the way you bounce back the next day, um, you just got to have the mentality. I mean, we play so many games that, you know, you're not going to be perfect throughout the course of the year. So, um, you know, today's a new day, and you just got to be able to shake it off. Assess the Twins lineup because, they're like the Indians, I mean, there are a lot of hitters in there. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've, uh, you know, they've, they've done a great job, um, you know, being able to hit the ball at the ballpark. Um, you know, they set the home run franchise home run record last night. We've still got two months to play, so... Um, you know they got a, they got a lot of talent over there, a lot of good hitters. Um, you know it's been a fun series so far. You love that though, that challenge, don't you? Going in, I mean, when you walk in and there's a bunch of home run hitters and it's your your stuff against theirs. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're obviously chasing them in the division <laughs> now that we're tied, but um, you know it's a big series. Um, you know we we got a good pitching staff here, our starting rotations, um, you know, really good, one of the best in the big leagues. So um, you know it's been a fun series. Brad Hand from Chatford, Cleveland Indians. When we come back, P.J. Fleck, Gopher football coach. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. 
Welcome back, Sports Channel 1033 and Change. Mike Max, Sid Hartman, Day Morning. We'll be back in the hot seat next week. We welcome to the program go for football coach PJ Fleck as they go through their own version of training camp. And before I turn it over to Sid, I want to get this out of the way right away, uh, PJ, if I could. Antoine Winfield is healthy, right? I'm in a great camp. Okay, so so Sid, just so you know, Antoine Winfield is good. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> What's the quarterback situation right now? Well, Tanner's taking all the reps with the ones. You know, Tanner will be our game day starter in game one and and uh, be the starter. And, um, you know, Jacob Clark is having a really good camp. Cole Kramer from Eden Prairie is doing a really nice job. I, I think Kirk Sherrock is developing those guys at a rapid rate. And they deserve a lot of credit, too, because they got to put the work in. Uh, but we're really impressed with the two young guys. What about your injured player, Winfield uh, Smith? And- Winfield's okay. Go ahead. And Shannon. Yeah, uh, Rodney's been back forever. You can take him off your injured list. Uh, you can take uh, you know, Antoine <laughs> off your injured list. Uh, but uh, Shannon, you know, he's doing a lot of limited activity. Again, he was a little bit further behind based on his injury, comparatively speaking, to Rodney. So, uh, but he's doing really well. So he'll be in a lot of uh, individual stuff and some team stuff here coming up. Do you think any of the freshmen who just enrolled in school are going to play this year? Uh, we're going to need some of them, too. Uh, it's hard to say right now, uh, but we're going to have a lot of them play on special teams and then be able to provide depth at different roles. But we'll see. You know, we're only about, you know, 13, 13 days into camp. So we've got a lot of work to do in the competition battles at a lot of positions, but we're really, really impressed with the freshman class we brought in. What about redshirts? Redshirts from last year, are they going to move in? Well, yeah, we need them to be able to step in and, and play for us, which they have. You know, Curtis Dunlap Jr. right now is our starting right guard. And he's a richer freshman. And Raven Span Ford is getting better. He's being he's way more physical than he was last year. Uh, so, you know, he's a redshirt freshman. And then we need some of those true freshmen that are now sophomores uh, to really have a significant role. Maybe they didn't have such a significant role last year, but some of them, as in like Thomas Rush and Mariano, sorry, Marin, those guys really have to be able to step in, and Braylon Oliver, to provide depth to that linebacker position. Uh, PJ, in the NFL, they play preseason games and then they can evaluate. They can kind of give the test at the end of the week to see who's playing well. College football, you don't play preseason games. What do you do to try to simulate something similar so that you you don't know how these other teams are progressing? You only see your own team. How do you try to simulate it so you can kind of grade out and see where you're at? Well, you know, you do as much as you possibly can with, you know, keeping everybody healthy and, you know, running a very safe and healthy football camp as well, you know, because you have what you have. There is no trades. There is no, um, you know, you, you can't cut and then bring somebody else in. And you can't do that here, right? So you've got what you have, and you've got to be able to make sure you can do everything you can to get the Saturdays healthy. But we have a scrimmage. You know, we have a scrimmage on Tuesday, which will be our first big full scrimmage. But we've gone live uh, a bunch of times this camp. We've just gone it, maybe gone live 10 minutes at a time here and there just to be able to um, see what these guys can do in live environments. We've done some – uh, tackling drills that are uh, controlled, right, uh, in terms of the distance, but being able to find out how these guys can tackle because it, it comes down to blocking and tackling. So we'll have a play-up period where we just put the ball down let them play, which we really do from, you know, day three on. But there are times where we'll stay up, and then there's times where we actually will scrimmage and take guys to the ground in terms of tackling and things like that. But for the most part, you've got to get a lot and evaluate your scrimmages, however you do that. Um, but for us, we put a lot of stock into the scrimmage. How about this guy 
you call an NFL scout. He he does a lot of talk. What his duties are? Yeah, Marcus Hendrickson. Uh, I think you might be talking about Marcus Hendrickson on our staff. Uh, he's a former NFL scout. Does a lot of our player personnel. Uh, does a lot of our evaluations and does a tremendous job in our recruiting department of, as well with John Shakel. They're a tremendous team and they've done a great job. So, you know, they, you know, if you come to practice, see Marcus and John Shakel, they kind of look like an NFL GM. They kind of stand there and just watch and evaluate and constantly taking information in, constantly, constantly evaluating our players. Um, and it's a, they're two amazing assets to our program. Do you think the freshman squad that came in this year is as good as you thought they'd be? Yeah, they are. You know, we're very, very impressed with our freshman class. And, you know, when you're in two weeks into camp, and you've had some of them for spring, but I think defensively, when you look at all of our guys, I mean, they're very, very talented, you know. And, you know, I think they're all really good people. Are they perfect? No. But, um, you know, they're really good people who want to do the right things. But, you know, our program holds everybody accountable at a very, very high standard to do the right things in all four areas of your life. Uh, no matter if you're a senior or a freshman. So uh, but we're really excited about these young guys uh, and look forward to watching them on the field as we continue to go through the year. PJ, some of them come in January now. Seniors, you know, they, they come early from, they graduate early from high school, et cetera, and come in. But when you see a freshman going through his first training camp, so to speak, or pre-camp, th- there's some obvious struggles and homesickness and things like that are position coaches in charge of figuring that out because just about everybody that's ever a freshman in college thinks about quitting transferring did I make the right decision all those things how do you stay on top of that because it's just it's a part of the deal that everybody goes through yeah first and foremost it's very natural I tell every recruit that comes in here you will be homesick you will be Uh, just based on it's just change you know, everything changes, whether it's your friends or whether where you live or, you know, the football You used to be the star. And now you're kind of on the bottom of the jump chart, working your way up the place you're living, the city you're living in, the university setting. Everything changes. Right. And that's very uncomfortable for high school student athletes. And so everybody, that's how I consider homesickness, just the amount of change in every area of their life. How we attack that is what I meet with all the freshmen every single week. Um, they have a meeting with me. How are they doing? Is there anything we can do to help? Um, is you know, is there any signs whatsoever? Our position coaches are incredibly aware of it. They meet with our players obviously every single day, um, and then we have a mentorship program where our young freshmen have, are teamed up with a senior or junior who have been here for a long time. And for the six weeks that they are here at the beginning, they sit with them at meals. They they take them different places. They possibly pick them up from their dorm and bring them over, things like that. So. We're constantly surrounding them with us. But, again, you're, you're, you're doing everything you can to get in the front end of it and be able to, you know, cut it off at the pass if you do see it. But it is natural. Uh, that's why I think the transfer rate is so high, part of it. Um, it's just – it's very difficult. It's one of the hardest things they have gone through in their life probably just in terms of being away from home and having training camp and, and basically football all the time for the, you know, for a four-week period. It's very difficult. Right? And not only that, they're probably not seeing a rapid amount of success early right? because they're learning everything new. So, uh, But we have a great grip of it, and um, you know, uh, I'd like to see their process and how they handle things. It's fun as an educator to watch them, watch them grow. How about Green? Has he looked good at a quarterback? Well, he's, he's a wildcat quarterback. He looks really good at receiver. He's getting a lot better at lineup. Um, you know, a quarterback, we have certain packages for him, and I think he does those things really well. And I think he's gotten better at that. Okay. Say 
to get this freshman squad for 2020? How many can you, you sign? Well, we'll see. You know, we've got uh, we've got a class that uh, uh, I think very talented. Um, you know, we're pretty much full, uh, but it, 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 you know, recruiting is always evolving. It's always changing, and so um, you know, as we continue to go through, needs will change throughout the year. But we feel like we have a really good grasp of the first big three classes we could bring in. We feel like we've got a really good feel of what we need, and really happy with how the 2020 class is shaping. How can you really judge those freshmen? <laughs> well, it's a, it's, it's a hypothesis. It's an educated guess. Uh, you never – it's just like the draft. People can spend two years on the draft of, and then and pick a person, and it just doesn't work out. There's a lot of times you hit, and you didn't think it was going to maybe work out because you kind of maybe took that player late. That happens to be your best player. And then you hit on some, and you don't hit on some. So it's an educated guess. You do everything you can to get all the type of information you possibly can, academically, athletically, socially, spiritually, and then you go. And uh, I think that's what makes recruiting unique and exciting. Have you ever had a player in the NFL every year exciting? That's what makes that 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 unknown a little bit, right? And so for us, um, you know, we feel really good about the young players we have and the people we have, uh, but we're going to hold them to very high standards. Have you ever had a player that was not very good at practice ever and was really good in games, or do you have to be good in practice to be good in game? I think you have to be really good in practice, and that'll transform into being really good in games. I don't know how this game you can do that. Uh, and not only that, I think respect the, the or have the respect of your teammates, continue to form the best team you possibly can, the leadership on your team. There's so many aspects of just, hey, I go out there, I'm a baller, I just go play on game day. Football's a different game like that, I think. I don't think that can – I don't believe in that whatsoever. B.J. Fleck, all that the people know, there's a lot of good ticket plans, cheaper, much cheaper tickets than last year. And for being on the show, go on and get your Murray certificate. Tim Murray loves you. And then the, when you and that lovely bride come in, they're really happy. Thank you. You got it, guys. Row the boat, Sky Mob. Go Gophers. Thanks a lot. Thanks, PJ. PJ Fleck, head coach, Golden Gophers. Randy Dobnik, what a story he's got. Uh, pitcher making his debut for the Minnesota Twins the other night. He'll join us around the corner. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Welcome back, Sports Huddle. Before we're joined by new Twins pitcher Randy Dobnik, a message from Sid Hartman. Sarky, I want to talk about for one minute. I have a bad hearing deal. And Sarkey made it good. And I can't say enough good things about Sarkey and Bill Austin, Eden Prairie. If you have a problem, go out there. All right, Randy Dobnik, you've probably never had an introduction quite like that uh, through the minor leagues and beyond. But welcome to the show. Welcome to the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. I had a chance to visit with you yesterday at Clubhouse for quite a while. You made your debut the other night coming in. But let, let's go back in town. We had Derek Falvey a little bit about this. Uh, you did not take the regular route to the big league baseball. Where, where did it start for you? And, and, and take us through college to independent ball and how you ended up here. Yeah, it's been a crazy ride. So um, coming out of high school, I had basically one offer to college, which was Alderson Broadus University. It's a little tiny town in the middle of nowhere, West Virginia. It's called Philippi, West Virginia. Um, it's about an hour south of Morgantown. I went there for all four years of college. I was a starter. And then following that, I uh, didn't get drafted. So I was like, you know what? 
I had a connection with an indie ball league up in Michigan called the United Shores Professional Baseball League. So after the draft, I called up Jim Essien, who is a former uh, major league catcher, manager back in the, I want to say 70s and 80s maybe. Um, gave him a call. I said, hey, do you still got a spot for me? He's like, absolutely. So next thing I know, I'm up there playing. Uh, I get up there. I, I'm there for about, I want to say about a month. And after that, I got a call one random morning from uh, Brad Style, who was the who was the guy in charge uh, two years ago. Sure. Um, he long story short, he's like, "Hey, uh, we want to sign you. Would you be willing to sign?" I was like, um, "Absolutely." Yeah, where's the paper? Show me. I got a pen right here, right? I was like, "Where do I sign?" <laughs> so after that, I uh, I reported to Elizabethton, Tennessee, which is the short season rookie ball for us. I played there for about a month. I got promoted to Cedar Rapids. For about the th- uh, last three weeks of the season, I made one start in a regular season, and then we had playoffs. And then last year, I was in Cedar Rapids the whole year. This year, I started in high A, and I guess quickly worked my way up <laughs> somehow. I guess. Sid? How, uh, if you're going to name one person that's really been very important in your success as a major league pitcher, who would it be? Um... I mean, if it wasn't for Jim Essien, I would I would have never played indie ball probably. I mean, he was the only connection I had, and I mean, without him, I don't know what would happen. But definitely the scout that signed me, Billy Milos. I mean, I owe everything to him. I mean, he's the one that took a chance on me, and I mean, I'm forever grateful to him for giving me that opportunity. So all of a sudden, the phone rings the other night, and they say, "Randy, get up." What was it like? I mean. You can kind of tell throughout the game what's going on, and I had, like, an idea of how, like, you know, when someone's going to get hot, and as soon as that phone rang, I was like, you know what, this is probably it. And next thing I know, I said, Dodd back get hot. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and so you warm up, and you're thinking, what? I mean, most of us are never going to know this moment. What's that like when the door opens? I mean, it was – I don't have words to explain. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable just to have the chance to play in front of – I think it was like 35,000 people here the other night. I mean, that was incredible. I had my fiance, her parents, and my parents in the in the stands. And just to be able to share that moment with them is, I mean, something indescribable. But, I mean, it's amazing. What's the big difference between pitching in Rochester and pitching for the Twins? Um, I mean, the guys up here are the, the best in the world at what they do. And... If you if you make a mistake pitching, they're going to take full advantage of it and put a good swing on it. I mean, AAA, you can get away with some mistakes here and there, but I mean, there's no holes in the lineups here. I mean, you, you got to be you got to be at the top of your game the whole time. You can't ever let your guard down. Well, Randy, we appreciate it very much. Welcome to the Twins. Is this your first time in the Twin Cities? Uh, yes, it is actually first time <laughs> ever up here. So far, so good, right, Randy? So, far, so good. <laughs> send you. Uh, Certificate. Certificate to merge uh, in care of uh, Dustin. That means that you're getting a, a, a gift certificate to a steakhouse in downtown Minneapolis, walking distance from Target Field. <laughs> I appreciate it. Randy, thank you so much. Continued success. Thank you so much. You bet. 651-989-9226. If you want to jump on, 651-989-9226. Sid Hartman and I are taking your phone calls. Glenn Mason, Dave St. Peter in the 11 o'clock hour and much more. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. 
Welcome back, Sports Auto Mike, Max, Sid Hartman. Let's go to Clancy and Hutchinson. Clancy, you're on with Sid Hartman. Well, good morning, Mike and Sid. Uh, Mike, this is something that's probably more special to you. The amateur baseball teams are wrapping up their region yeah. this weekend. And we'll be playing state tournament games at Maple Lake and Delano. And uh, for the outstate people, I know the Twins are a big thing, but for the outstate people, some of the farm families, amateur baseball is huge for them. And uh been hearing a little bit now that Dish Network has taken off the Twins. So uh, this only puts more... more um, more fans watching amateur ball. Well, generally speaking, when the Twins do well, amateur baseball does well, too. I mean, people just, they, they, they gravitate to baseball. There's also an over-35 game going to be played in Jordan. I believe it's next Saturday. Uh, I'll try to get some more information on that during the week as well, that uh, celebrating the history of the over-35 league, which is a part of amateur baseball, but it's a it's a big part of it. The, the, the significant participation of amateur baseball in, in many different ways in Minnesota is uh, beyond astounding. And I had Eric Gislason on the other night. They've done that great uh, series on FSN about uh, uh, town ball. And it's been uh, it's been just wonderful. But, yeah, uh, Maple Lake and Delano, two fine facilities, will be co-hosting the event. Das Cocado is the third site on that. And I saw Chan Hassan was playing yesterday to go to state. And uh, all these great ballparks. I was in Ely last week for the State Legion Tournament as well. I gave, uh, spoke before the state uh, legion tournament there, and they've got a beautiful ballpark out there. So uh, it's alive and well in many different forms, and, and Hutchinson and Maple Lake will be the feature piece uh, uh, in the upcoming. Uh, Sydney, the it, it's been uh, kind of quiet on the uh, Timberwolves front. Uh, they did uh, uh, they, they've made their moves. They've got their roster in place. Are you satisfied with the Timberwolves going into this season? How can you be satisfied? You can't. I mean. Uh, maybe a miracle, and a lot of maybe we can call Glenn Taylor. That might be a good thing to call, call him, and talk to him today. But uh, they haven't added anybody of note except the two draft charges. Who knows how good Culver is going to be? How good that Newell is going to be? Uh, a bunch signed a bunch of know-hows. No, players, if, if they were real good, other teams wouldn't have signed them. Minnesota Wilder looking for a general manager. Uh, I think Brian Lawton will get some play on this thing. I think Billy Guerin's going to get some serious consideration from Pittsburgh. Uh, they should talk to Brian Lawton about that position, Sid. Here's the thing. They lost Rose. No, no, we're talking wild now. Huh? Wild general manager position we're talking now. What about that? I said Brian Lawton, I think they'll talk to, and they should. He'd be a good candidate. They should sign Brian Lawton. He was did a fantastic job with the uh, uh, Tampa team. And uh, if you're listening, uh, sign Brian Lawton. Yeah, he knows the game very well, doesn't he? Huh? He knows the game very well. He knows the game real well. He's had good success, and he, he would help him. For sure. The Gopher basketball team went on a tour of Italy, and by all accounts, they, you know, they won their games. But what, what do we know about these teams they play in Italy? They're not very good. Not good? I don't think they're very good. I mean, we'll see how good the Gophers are. They lost Murphy. They lost Coffee. They lost the kid from New York. I mean, let's see if they replace those. 
three guys. Yeah, they had Marcus Carr is now uh, available to him, and this kid from Drexel put up some numbers. Uh, one of the, uh, I believe he's a grad transfer going in. Uh, on the other side, Glenn Mason will join us. Dave St. Peter will join us. Kirk Cousins will join us. Possibly Mike Boone, Vikings running back. You get the drift. When you tune in to 830-WCCO on Sunday morning, you get the whole package like nowhere else. Stay with us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.